When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on you. U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths. And where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Bet the board. What do you mean you don't bet? I mean, I don't bet. You know, I don't care. I don't care. I never have, and I never will. Yeah, right. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. You owe me 15 grand, pal. Pay him. Pay that man his money. It's the Bet the Board podcast. God likes me. He really, really likes me. In the end, I wound up right back where I started. I could still pick winners. And I could still make money for all kinds of people back home. And why mess up a good thing? Here's Payne Insider and Todd Furman. Welcome into the Bet the Board podcast powered by Bet Online. No, it's not college basketball. No, it's not NFL football. Insert sport here. It's the Major League Baseball season preview. I'm your host, Todd Furman, joined as always by Payne Insider. Payne. Are you seeing the versatility of the Bet the Board brand and the expansion we promised all of our listeners? Man, it makes me a little nervous, that's for sure. A lot of sleepless a, a lot of sleepless nights, I'd imagine, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't wanna give out my philosophy, but uh, this is this is some prep work. I mean getting away from football a little bit. That's the whole thing. We gotta come out of the comfort zone a little bit, but thankfully we brought in a heavy hitter from the baseball world to assist us in some of the division breakdowns. Jeff Passan of Yahoo Sports will be here in a few moments, but before we get to him kind of wanted to get your thought process on baseball in general. I know you take a very unique philosophy as it pertains to attacking <laughs> the daily baseball market. A lot of folks will go side heavy. They'll go totals heavy. First five, you name it. There's a laundry list of ways to try and invest. And while we're not going to get into the day-to-day grind of what it takes, just wanted to pick your brain a little bit on the thoughts and philosophies for some of our listeners who may be trying to bet baseball for the first time this season. You ready for this? I, I am sitting down. I think I'm ready for this. I'm not sure our <laughs> listeners are going to be ready for this. Three words. Boring is bankable. That's it. I mean, we're, we, hey, we hold play on a lot a second. of totals. We may have a t-shirt idea. First half unders and boring is bankable. That's something that we can try and rally around here. Yeah, for, I mean, we do touch sides, obviously, but uh, most of it is totals. Uh, first five totals, full game totals. Wherever we feel like we have an edge based on that matchup, Totals are uh, our baby. And I think a lot of people will say, you know, that sounds a little more complex, but when you kind of get into our world, anytime you have an edge, you kind of attack it, whether it's the first inning props, first five, full game. A lot of it, and this is, again, probably going to sound a little nuts, we have a checklist. It either meets the parameters of all the checklists to become a play or it's not. Like, 
everything is out there now. Everything is readily available. So it sounds great. And we'll, we'll talk about it in this podcast, Cluster Luck and Pythag. And that sounds great. All the bookmakers have all that. Those base, all those baseball buzzwords that you could have gained an edge for on win totals and day-to-day wagering that, like you said, it's common knowledge now. So you can't really use it to, to gain a true edge that you might have had we had this podcast eight to ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, the win totals open. The places that open them that are really respected, they open pretty damn sharp. Um, so there's not a ton of opportunity there. We'll, we'll try to uncover some. But yeah, like all that stuff, you know, it doesn't really matter as much as things like when we're looking at our totals, your ballpark factors. There are certain ballparks that play a little differently. Heat, humidity, the barometric pressure, um, those all f- affect trajectory of the ball. Wind, obviously, a huge deal. And, and all wind isn't created equally based on park. Um, you know, not to give everything away, but I think probably the most exaggerated example and one many can relate to is Wrigley. Uh, it's why bookmakers don't post these totals overnight there. You know, wind blowing in and a good pitcher, your total six and a half, seven. Bad pitcher blowing out, sometimes we've seen 13 there. So you need uh, to have your metrics and factors for every single ballpark, and that's how we play our totals. And, and again, to touch on Wrigley, this is one that uh, has been shared amongst many of the sharpest guys, but knowing what that wind means, right? So like, one mile per hour of wind at Wrigley, it means like 2.48 feet. So you get a 16 mile per hour wind, and let's just do simple math here, and it's blowing dead out. Suddenly your your 400 foot center field fence, it's playing like 360. So these are the things that, that really matter with your baseball totals, obviously. And- so. No, and you're exactly right. Who knew that? I mean, meteorology plays such a large role when you're handicapping baseball totals. And when you mention sides, I think it goes without saying. There, there are some betters out there that it, adhere to a strict code, for lack of a better term, um, when it pertains to laying juice. I don't ever ascribe to the, hey, you can't only lay a dollar thirty in baseball games because there's too much variance game to game. If you price a pitcher at a dollar fifteen, a dollar twenty, or excuse me, you price them, let's call it two dollars two twenty, and the market opens substantially lower at $1.40, $1.50, $0.70 cents of value is $0.70 cents of value, regardless of if it's a postseason game or regular season game or anything else. But much like you, I don't do an awful lot in the sides realm uh, because it does seem to invite in a lot of elements that you can't always forecast the same way you can with the weather. And that's just not baseball. I mean, that's any market, boxing, soccer, you know, football, money lines, whatever it is, if you have an edge, you should be into the market. And so in general... And this is kind of, it's so different because I really like to talk to our, our listeners and then, but there is a differing opinion among many sharp betters. So like advice to like guys just kind of getting into this, less is more, but this is 100% a volume sport for the sophisticated and, and they're looking for 10 cents up and above. So if they have a 10% edge, they're investing. Obviously, the larger the edge, the more they're getting down there. But you can see how this becomes a volume sport where early on in the season, they could literally have plays on 80% of the games. It's, it's just that not specifically one group. I mean, they just fire. Um, but there is opportunity here, and that's why there's so many whales kind of circling the baseball waters. Um, but if you're a recreational guy, less is, is absolutely more. And I'm not a huge futures guy. But I think it makes sense if you want to get down on a future and that one bet gives you, you know, 162 nights of um, fun and activity for something to do. Like, I think that's probably your better bet. And when we get into these win totals, 
you know, in general, they're a little bit inflated. You talk about 2,430 games in an MLB season, you just roughly go and add up all the win totals. You know, there's 11 and a half more wins allocated uh, to the 30 teams. So there's just lots of things you need to factor into baseball. And it's not to scare anybody, but this isn't something that you just want to dive into the deep end on if, if it's something like, hey, I like baseball, I'm going to start betting it this year. And a few things PSA-wise. One, make sure if you're looking about baseball, especially sides, I don't know of a whole lot of reduced totals books that are out there aside from some of the big ones. Make sure you're playing with a 10-cent number. Do not bet into a 20-cent line. Shop around. Bet online, one of the best values in the business, up to, I believe, Dave Mason told us, since he won't be able to join us in the podcast, up to $1.85 in terms of 10-cent splits. You can't begin to understand exactly what those few pennies, the more you bet, uh, will do for your bankroll long-term. And one thing I wanted to ask you, Payne, before we get to Jeff, is from an efficiency standpoint, we talk all the time about football and how long it takes the market to catch up. Do we feel April and May, even, you know, maybe even longer than that, give you ample opportunity? Or do we feel odds makers are getting sharper that you know you may have that one or two week window to highlight some of those big names, pitchers that are flying under the radar before the prices really catch up to where they need to be? You know, I think from a perspective of we can all watch the WBC, we can kind of watch some of these uh, preseason games, spring league games, you know, streaming now. We have an idea of who's in good form coming out of the spring. Uh, So that hinders things just a little bit. But in general, when a pitcher is making a start every five days, you might have four or five opportunities there to start the season. And that's one thing I will say this. Watching baseball, um, if you can watch the pitching, sometimes there's going to be opportunities there. I can just you know name off the top of my head, and I'm going to probably butcher his name. But Ryu from the Dodgers, we had a situation a few, not last season, the season before that, um, where you watch him in a game, and it looks like there's some discomfort there. He had a foot issue, and he lines up because he's a soldier and makes his next start. And you know there's guys that pay for information, and they see him warming up, and like his. His velocity is down like six miles per hour. This toe injury is, you know, pretty severe. And they find out like he tears the toenail off his big foot, which is his plant foot. And suddenly, you know, I'm watching the market and, you know, these screens light up and every single bet's coming in over three and a half runs the first five innings, over seven for the game, Giants first five, Giants full game, and they hang like seven runs on him in the first inning. So watching some of the pitching, and we go through this long season, Certain pitchers get into form. Like, you know, they'll have this little five, six, seven, eight game start where they're in form. And then you can see them, if you're watching, having trouble locating for a few games. And that's where you can pick up some value if they're going through little stretches throughout the course of 162. Giants. I feel like that was uh, Giants. Remember that? It was during a, it was it, it during a have, convention. Yeah, I feel like it may have been the Padres because for some reason I feel was like we Padres? had a pretty substantial wager on Drew Pomerantz that it night. It was the Padres? Yeah, either. it was a day. It was a day game during the Sloan Conference. I do know that for a fact. Okay, I'm tr- nearly certain it was Giants Dodgers. It may have been Giants Dodgers. Yeah, two years ago. It wasn't was a, last season. It okay, was there was a similar before. spot last year with the Dodgers pitcher that eludes me, uh, where it was a big bet on on Pomerantz. I can't remember exactly who it was, but yes, that was one. This was two seasons ago. Yeah, on well, this Ryu foot toe thing. It's funny how some of these games stick with you over the course (laughs) of a full season. Simply amazing. And maybe, you know, as we get deeper into the season, you want to pop up, we can introduce the uh, Pain Insider patented out counter uh, for all those underbetters out there. (laughs) That's actually pretty funny. I should take a picture of that and post it on Instagram. Post it on the gram. I think it would make great bet the board content. Let's put it that way. It 
it, it may get like three million less views than like some models ass. I would think. <laughs> Man, is that a discouraging platform for content? You know, you can literally have like a great great piece of content if you're a guy and it gets like fifty eight likes, and then some broad just kind of like wakes up and rolls over in the morning and takes like a nice ass selfie, and it's you know viral. We we don't live in a visual space where sports betting is one of those visual arts, and I think a friend of the show Clay Travis said it best during the NCAA tournament in Vegas. What the hell do I need to be on Instagram for? Nobody wants to see me with my shirt off. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Attacking the 162-game grind that is the Major League Baseball season can best be viewed as heavy lifting. Rather than trying to do it entirely on our own here on Bet the Board, we decided to bring in one of baseball's best columnists in the form of Jeff Passan. You can follow Jeff on Twitter, at Jeff Passan, and read all his outstanding work throughout the season at Yahoo Sports. Jeff, can't thank you enough for joining us here on Bet the Board. Pleasure to be here with you, fellas. Thank you for having me. Hopefully you keep that same positive tone when we get done with you after this, if we run through the gauntlet. <laughs> uh, hopefully I don't make an ass of myself. That is the, <laughs> no. uh, that, that's, the, that's the imperative here because uh, every year I make predictions uh, with, with records – uh, for all 30 major league teams. And as time has gone on, I've gotten far more conservative because I understand that uh, outlandish wild predictions tend not to come true. So I'm just hoping to help out the people listening here, just add a little bit of insight and let your guys' expertise carry the day. See, the good thing about Major League Baseball win totals, though, is that six months from now, no matter what we say here on the podcast at the end of March, people may have forgotten already. So that's the silver lining to all this. Yeah, here's here's the thing though that I've learned. Uh people never forget. <laughs> <laughs> they never forget and they and they let you know what your mistakes were. So, uh you know what what the hell? Let's go uh let's go take a crack at it anyway. We'll try and make some noise and I guess the first question that we kind of have for you, what are some of the biggest storylines you see coming into 2017 aside from the Cubs probably looking uh to defend their World Series title? You know, I think that uh, obviously the Cubs are the biggest story. To me, the American League is just really, really wide open. Um, I don't think there is a dominant American League team. I don't know that there's going to be an American League team that wins 95 games, to be honest. Uh, but I also don't think that outside of the, the White Sox potentially, and, and more them because they're probably going to, trade everyone i don't know that there's a really terrible american league team either uh you look at the american league east uh and you can make it, it, it at least a reasonable argument for all five teams potentially winning the division it's probably not gonna i mean you know the yankees the the rays i, I don't think you can make quite as strong an argument but uh red sox blue jays orioles all have a a reasonable shot uh in the in the american league central I think it's the Indians' division to lose, uh, but at least the Tigers and the Royals, if things break right, can be in contention for the playoffs. And then there's the American League West, where it's going to be a, a three-way dogfight at the top uh, to to win that division. And so I think the American League being wide open is one story. I really like the National League West. Uh, I think there are four good teams there, and they're going to beat up on each other and really beat up on San Diego this year. Uh, and in the National League East, of course, uh, it's probably going to come down to Nationals and Mets. Uh, I don't think the Braves are going to be 
uh, honestly, as good as people think they are. I think they're going to have some growing pains this year. And then in the Central, it's the the Cubs, and uh, I've got them at triple-digit wins, uh, and the Cardinals and Pirates uh, fighting it out for one of the other playoff spots. Well, when you mentioned, it's interesting to hear that you mentioned the American League being wide open, and we look at some of the current future prices from Bet Online. The thing that really jumps off the page at me, we know the Cubs' overwhelming favorites at nine to two. You have the Red Sox behind them at eleven to two, the Dodgers and Indians right there at seven to one, and the Mets and Giants. I don't want to say bringing up the rear, but as far as favorites are concerned, priced in that twelve to one range. So clearly, only two American League teams getting top billing there. Is this a year we should kind of approach where we'd be absolutely shocked if someone came from off the beaten path? I know last year the Indians, you could have had them right around 20 or 25 to 1, and they were actually a pretty popular choice for professional bettors who thought that pitching staff would give them the competitive edge. The irony in all of that, if you'd have told them who their starters would have been going into the World Series, I think everybody would have ripped that ticket up and thrown it in a circular file. Oh, no question about it. I think the Astros, and I'm picking the Astros to go to the World Series, uh, to me... They are the the savviest bet here. Uh, I think they've got the most talent. I think they've got chips to make trades for a frontline starter, whether it's Jose Quintana or somebody else. Uh, and I think that they've got the right people in place, whether it's A.J. Hinch in the manager seat, Jeff Luno up in the front office as the general manager, uh, and – uh, the the offseason maneuvers this uh, this year, whether it was adding Brian McCann, adding Carlos Beltran last year, going and getting Yuli Gurriel and Alex Bregman coming up, Josh Reddick. I mean, that's five new bats uh, that weren't here on opening day last year that should be in this lineup. And, oh, you're only adding that to Altuve and Correa and Springer. I mean, it, it is just a stacked top-to-bottom lineup with a good deep bullpen and a starting rotation that right now is enough. And if you add another guy uh, is going to be more than enough. So I think the Astros have the formula uh, and they are my pick in the American league. And uh, it would not at all shock me to see them win the world series period this year. When we start, that may be a great place to jump off. You talk about the American League West, the Astros, odds-on favorite to win the division, right around even money uh, at this point at Bet Online. You look at the Rangers and Mariners checking in behind them at three to one, with win totals in that eighty-four and a half, eighty-five and a half range. Angels more of a prohibitive long shot. Their win total sits at seventy-nine and a half, and of course the A's, the real long shot in that division, at twenty-five to one. Their win total at seventy-three and a half. As we look for other teams aside from the Astros, we know the Rangers had a ton of luck a season ago, including 36-11 and 11 in one-run games. I believe it was an all-time record for win percentage mm-hmm. in such scenarios. Do we think they're capable of repeating that performance, or is it maybe time for the Mariners, assuming that we see vintage Felix Hernandez, maybe not in the peak of his career, but something better than the 2016 edition, uh, that they probably become the most likely team to dethrone the Astros if it's to happen? Here's the problem with vintage Felix Hernandez. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore. I mean, and I love Felix Hernandez. I, th- I think he's a great guy, and I think he's uh, he's been such a fun pitcher to watch for the last decade. His fastball's at 88, 89 these days. And, you know, unless he's the guy who can make the transition, and, and I think he is capable of doing that, making the transition from power pitcher to finesse guy who just outsmarts you and outwits you, uh, with his knowledge, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough road to hoe for him. Uh, I do like uh, the fact that they've got some younger pitching like James Paxton, but 
James Paxton hasn't been able to stay healthy his whole career and hasn't thrown more than, I think, 120 innings in a season. Uh, Drew Smiley, good pickup, but coming out of the World Baseball Classic with uh, a sore arm, not a good thing. And so when you see what like a guy like Taiwan Walker is doing in spring training with the Diamondbacks, I know Taiwan Walker is the perpetual tease, but to have traded a guy like him uh, when pitching is so paramount and your lineup is as strong as it is. I know they got Gene Segura and, uh, look, he's going to be perfectly fine at shortstop, but they've always needed pitching. And the Mariners' bullpen is what concerns me. Uh, the Rangers' bullpen, on the other hand, is deep, is strong, uh, is excellent. And they've got a full season of you, Darvish, coming back now. Uh, and they've got uh, you know, guys coming up from the farm system, potentially Joey Gallo playing more this year, potentially Jerkson Profar playing more this year. And, oh, by the way, uh, you know, they've got uh, the, the same guys that they, they've got a full season of Jonathan Lucroy, uh, Rugnet Odor coming off that uh, breakout season, Adrian Beltre as steady as it comes. Nomar Mazzara, a full season of him. Carlos Gomez, a full season of him. So I really do feel like the Rangers are in position, uh, and I know I'm in the minority here. I feel like they're in position better, frankly, than the Mariners uh, to repeat last season. That's what oftentimes creates some value in the market. We have seen some professional money paint, I believe, on that Rangers win total under that opened as high as 85 and a half in some places. Yeah, I've seen both, actually. Yeah. I, there's been a difference of opinion there, as Jeff alluded to, but the overwhelming majority of the professional bettors are looking to go under this um, yep. 85 yep. and a half. It did open some places much lower, but... It just depends on what you look at when you gauge the Rangers. Is it the metrics or is it the players? And I think Jeff made a great point here. I'm certainly not bullish and running to bet the under here on this team, especially when you look at the landscape of the rest of the division. Um, the athletics are just going to be brutal this year. Uh, the Astros clearing away the best team in this division, and I think they are a popular choice to win the World Series, especially if you can get a decent price above double digits on them. So, uh, I am not fading the Rangers. I'm actually, I'm actually gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I am actually gonna make the case for the A's right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and I know, and, and I know that's a difficult thing to do. Uh, but scouts love Kendall Graveman. I mean, there were a half dozen teams this year that were just craving to trade for him. Uh, Sean Manaya obviously was. Uh, has very good stuff and was really good out of the gate last year. Uh, Jarrell Cotton, in his short time in the big leagues, uh, that fastball change of Camo is is deadly. Uh, and whether it's Andrew Triggs uh, or Daniel Megden, who's not going to be ready for opening day, but still uh, has the possibility. Or, oh, by the way, Sonny Gray, who, when he's healthy, is is a number two starter. The A's, this may sound crazy, guys, the A's may, by the end of the year, have the best rotation in the American League West. And so that's why I'm not ready to bury them at this point. I actually don't think they're the last place team in that division. I think they're going to get, you know, I think they're going to get some bombs from Chris Davis and Trevor Plouffe and Ryan Healy. Uh, I think Matt Joyce was a savvy signing uh, coming off a really good season. Uh, Steven Boats, obviously solid behind the plate. This is not a team that's going to win the division. But I don't think this is a team that's going to be nearly as bad as people think it is. You look at their bullpen. Ryan Madsen, uh, solid. Santiago Casilla, uh, you know, as long as he's not pitching the ninth inning, solid. <laughs> Sean, Do Sean Doolittle, uh, healthy and coming back and 
Uh, we remember how good he was uh, a few years ago. And John Axford, Ryan Dull had a great year last year. Liam Hendricks, Hendricks throws upper 90s now. I mean, there's there's enough there to see if you squint really hard a 500 <laughs> team. You know, and honestly, and, Jeff, that's what a lot of betters are looking for. A team that kind of flies under the radar. They don't have those big names starting day in, day out that they can find individual value on and the opportunity to make a few bucks uh, over the course of the regular season. Yeah. And and listen, I'm not going to pick the A's to win the West. I'm not going to pick the A's to go to the World Series. I would bang the over 73 and a half, though. I'll say that much. Interesting to take a look. It's definitely, you know, it's the kind of win total. You don't need everything to go the right way to be able to cash a ticket. Uh, and as we talk about all the time across most of the major sports, professionals gravitate towards unders on those high numbers and going over on some of those lower totals. But from the West, where we have a legitimate World Series contender, to the Central, where I think it's a one-horse race, as you mentioned, with the Cleveland Indians, an overwhelming favorite uh, to win the division. They're listed at minus 350 at Bet Online. The Tigers... 17 to 4. You're looking at the Royals at 10 to 1. The Twins, a bit of a long shot at 20 to 1. And the White Sox, you know, one team you mentioned that could lose triple digit games in the American League at 40 to 1. Cleveland, we know quite a bit about, but a team for me that I'm real intrigued by would be the Minnesota Twins. We know the shortcomings of that pitching staff don't strike out a lot of guys, but what could be a relatively fun and exciting, and I use that term, you know, loosely uh, from an <laughs> offensive standpoint this season. Yeah, uh, look, I'm I'm excited for a full season of Byron Buxton, and I'm curious to see uh, what Miguel Sano looks like at third base because that that could be amusing in in the sense of like <laughs> like like Keystone Cops amusing. Um, they got some bats though. Uh, we saw Max Kepler uh, had an absolutely torrid. I think it was July and then disappeared for the last couple months of the season. Uh, Eddie Rosario, another left-handed bat uh, in a lineup full of them. Jorge Polanco's interesting at shortstop. I don't know if he's the long-term solution there. Uh, you know, Joe Maurer and Byung-Ho Park, uh, just sort of what you see is what you get. Uh, same with Jason Castro. Uh, th- their starting pitching is a disaster, though, and their bullpen is, is a mess, too. And so... Uh, when you have uh, a potential in this era for a five-plus ERA, that is just not a team I can get on board with, no matter how exciting their offense might be. Uh, they got some kids coming. There's no doubt about it. And uh, there are some arms in the system, especially on the relief side, big arms who are going to uh, potentially make an impact. I just don't think now is the point at which they do it, and I think they're in for another really long year. Is there a win total that jumps off the page for you amongst any of the central teams, Jeff? Um, you know, just looking uh, looking at what I have. What are the Tigers at right now? Tigers right now, 82 and a half. So we're talking about That's just funny. finishing I, the season a couple I, games I, over 500. I'll tell you what. I think I am pretty, pretty damn chalk on the central. I have the Indians at 93, and I think they're 93 and a half, right? Yep, right on the number. I have the Tigers at 83. <laughs> right there as the, well? I swear to God I did not look at these before I did this. I have the Royals at 80. You got a little bit of wiggle room with the Royals. Their win total right now, 76 and a half. Yeah, and honestly, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take myself out from the Royals because I live in Kansas City <laughs> and there may just be like local bias that creeps into my head. So I I have you know what, like the seventy six and a half 
here's the thing. The Royals always seem to exceed uh, projections as far as like Pakoda and other projection systems go. Uh, I don't know if it's like a je ne sais quoi or if that the projection systems just don't appreciate some of the things that the Royals have. Uh, and, and it, you know what? One of my predictions this year for, you know, best player traded at the deadline was Eric Hosmer. And so if Eric Hosmer is getting traded uh, on July 31st, that probably means the Royals are out of contention. And if they're blowing things up uh, like they should, if they're out of contention, you could get really, really ugly there. But they look, they fortified themselves this offseason. They brought in Jason Hamill. They brought in Brandon Moss. Uh, they, they brought in Travis Wood. They, they want to win this year and they understand their window is closing. So I feel like they're going to do everything in their power to try and, uh, exceed that total. Because in this year, when, uh, Moustakis is going to be a free agent, Hosmer is going to be a free agent, Lorenzo Kane, Alcides Escobar, uh, that's, you know, that's 44% of their everyday lineup that might not be here next year. They want to win. The last thing on the Royals, and I'm not sure if you're fully on board this bandwagon, uh, are we making Danny Duffy a first ballot Hall of Famer at this point in his career? Like a lot of the project projections have out there for him, not only being the ace, but a chance to uh, maybe a dark horse Cy Young candidate for the Royals. Danny, uh, I, 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 of all the Royals, he's the one I can be least impartial on because he's just like a good human being. So I think I think Danny Duffy should have been in the Hall of Fame last year. <laughs> I mean, if if you want to if you want to call him a first ballot, that that's fine. He uh, I have a Hall of Fame vote. I hopefully will have a Hall of Fame vote then. Uh, he might be the only person who I'm ever tempted to give a vote to uh, based strictly on what a cool dude he is. Uh, and and what a good person he is. There's a lot to be said for that in an era where uh, professional athletes are anything but role models in that regard. Payne, as we look at some of the professional money, has there been anything that's really caught your eye in terms of American League Central win totals? That's actually the largest one. You know, that's moved nearly two full runs, opened 74.5, now 76.5. In the Royals, you look at them, they regressed in just about every single category a season ago, and I don't love the staff by any stretch, but I think Jeff made a good point when you talk about the back end of that staff, Volquez, Ventura, Chris Young, and Dylan G. They they recorded 93 starts last year, and they combined to give up over five earned runs. So I think, you know, the three of us would be an upgrade there. Uh, Moustakis was out with an ACL injury most of the year. He's back contract year. Gordon missed time with the wrist fracture. You bring in Solaire. Yep. Um, so certainly there were losses in the bullpen as well. But I think if you can get better starting pitching uh, that and you don't rely on the bullpen as much, I think that's not as big of a loss. But Jeff made the biggest point here. And I think you know there's two reasons why I haven't joined the over party yet. One, it was a team that did have fortune in – you know, cluster luck and Pythag luck, top five in both of those. But they don't need to be a contender to sniff this win total. And if they truly aren't in the hunt for a playoff spot, Jeff nailed it. I mean, Kane, Hosmer, Moustakis, Escobar, those are all attractive options um, if you're looking to bolster your playoff lineup for somebody else. So they could definitely sell all four of those guys off, and that's why I didn't go over this. Payne, I just want to be careful. If you're going to take shots at Edison Volquez, remember, he is your opening day starter down in Miami. So you'll be forced <laughs> to endure quite a bit of Edison 
throughout the course of I just the regular live here. season. I just live here. I'm still a Pinstripes <laughs> fan. So that's it's a very good point and a perfect segue into the American League East, where the Boston Red Sox are the odds-on favorite at two to three at, at Bet Online. Their win total set at ninety-one and a half. They're followed by the Blue Jays, a th- seven to two underdog. Win total 85 and a half. The Yankees projected right around 500 along with the Orioles. Those two teams neck and neck in the futures pool. And the Rays, the long shot, 78 and a half. Their win total at 10 to 1. Jeff, we know the Red Sox are collecting all the headlines and fanfare, of course. Red Sox Nation holds its breath as they worry about the sore elbow of David Price. Obviously bolstered and fortified that rotation with the addition of Chris Sale. And when we look at that lineup, you can make the case that if they're able to you know, erase or, you know, find ways to substitute the productivity that they lost without Big Poppy. that this is one of the most explosive offenses in the entire American League. Yeah, uh, it's called Andrew Benintendi, and I'm not sure he's going to replace what David Ortiz did. But uh, if you add him and you have a uh, reinvigorated Pablo Sandoval and, uh, you know, Mitch Moreland playing the platoon role at first base with Hanley Ramirez, and you can stick Chris Young in there at the age against left-handers, all of a sudden, you've still got a juggernaut lineup. Uh, and, and look, let's not forget, the the Red Sox have pitching depth. Uh, even after trading for Chris Sale this offseason, uh, you know, they have six starters. So if David Price is out, Stephen Wright hops in there, Drew Pomerantz in the back end, along with Eduardo Rodriguez, who I really think is primed for a breakout this season. And then, oh, by the way, you've got Rick Porcello, the, the reigning Cy Young winner, and Chris Sale. Uh, the guy who should have at this point won a Cy Young out there. Uh, to, to me, the big question for them right now is their bullpen. And can they stay healthy? Can they stay healthy? You know, Tyler Thornburg's got a, a trap strain right now. So he's probably going to start the season on the DL. Uh, it's not as bad as last year when Carson Smith, who was expected to be their eighth inning guy, uh, ended up having Tommy John surgery. But they've got Kimbrell. Joe Kelly has settled into the relief role nicely. Matt Barnes, Robbie Ross. Uh, I mean, there are guys there. Uh, I'd like to see uh, a, you know, I'd like to see uh, them stay healthy for the whole season. Uh, but I do think that the Red Sox are the team to beat uh, in the East, even if Price's elbow is tender going throughout the season. What are realistic expectations for Rick Porcello this season? I mean, last year, kind of a breakout season. I know a lot of the sabermetricians thought that this was coming. I don't think anyone really believed to that extent. Should we expect him and pencil him in if he stays healthy for 15 wins, you know, 17 wins? And where do we think his ERA maybe ultimately settles? Yeah, I think Rick Porcello has always, uh, or not always, but has, has proven himself in recent years uh, as, you know, a 190 to 200 inning guy. And I'm not expecting him to, uh, you know, to pop out with a low three ERA again. I just don't, I don't know that the peripherals support that. Uh, but his strikeouts, uh, have jumped up in recent years. Uh, his walks cratered last year and he doesn't give up a whole lot of home runs and never really has. So I, I think he will be, Honestly, to me, Rick Porcello is a good three who had an outstanding year last year. And I think that I don't think his stuff is good enough, honestly, for the league to uh, get beaten as badly by it as it did last year again. Uh, to me, sales, they're one price, they're two, Porcello, they're three. 
Definitely not a bad trio to have atop your rotation in a division that definitely has its fair share of offense. One last team that I want to get your take on. I know they befuddled us last year. Both Payne and I had their win total under. The Baltimore Orioles, you look at 80 and a half. So many questions around their starting rotation. A lot of people really believe that Gossman and Dylan Bundy can take that next step in their development, while, especially while Chris Tillman's sideline. Uh, but they have the big bats. Uh, where do we see Baltimore fitting into the power order in the American League East? Yeah, Baltimore to me is a lot like Kansas City, one of those teams that what it does might not be as appreciated. They're just hitting tanks, man. They are just going to go up there and bang 250 home runs this year and not give an F. That is all they do. And you know what? When you combine that with a bullpen that's got Zach Britton and Darren O'Day and Brad Brock and Michael Givens, those are four big-time arms. And nobody... And I mean, nobody does the AAA train as well as Buck Showalter does, bringing in fresh arms and getting guys up and down. Uh, that, to me, is the X factor and then being able to get past their lack of rotation depth. And I've got them over, not by much, I've got them at 82 wins this year. Uh, I, I think my big surprise in the American League East, I've got the Yankees at 77 wins. I don't think the Yankees are ready for prime time yet, to be honest. I think this is going to be one of those developmental years. And next year, uh, after they sign a couple free agents, once Gliber Torres is up, once Greg Bird is uh, really established, that is when I think the Yankees are going to make uh, a jump similar to what the Cubs did a couple of years back. And then come 2019, after the big free agent class of 2018, uh, it's hide, your women, hide the women and children because the Yankees are going to be the evil empire again and people are going to absolutely – uh, uh, yearn for the days when they weren't uh, this mega team that they're going to be. Music to the ears of two Yankee fans here, Jeff. It'll be nice to see some homegrown talent, so to speak, start to make the big league squad and maybe shed uh, a lot of the aging veterans and pitching and or otherwise uh, that have held the team down. From the American League, may as well go right to the National League Central with the defending World Series champs. The Cubs, massive favorites to win the division. You have to lay five dollars here just to make a buck coming back their win total set at 96 and a half i know you said you had them pegged for over 100 wins we look at the cardinals at seven to one their win total 83 and a half right now at bet online pirates 17 to two right around 500 and then the dregs of the nl central the milwaukee brewers and cincinnati reds i guess for me the team that i'm most curious about we figure the cubs are going to be there in thick and thin what can be the expectations we have for the st louis cardinals in 2017 you know, I I'm always tend to play the over on the Cardinals just because I historically, and, and I understand that history is never uh, or not always a predictor of the future, but historically they just seem to be a team uh, that overachieves relative to its talent. And look, I know that the the Cardinals are not the uh, you know the ninety ninety two plus win team of the past, and that. There are questions about Adam Wainwright and questions about Michael Waka and Mike Leake's first year there uh, was he was not an eighty-five million dollar guy and uh, you know they're they're missing Zach Duke from that bullpen and uh, that hurts but there's a lot of depth there I mean a lot of depth whether it's on the infield uh, with Matt Adams looking for uh, plate appearances, uh, you know, Colton Wong looking at a platoon and getting angry about that. You've got a Lesmus Diaz, Johnny Peralta, Jed Jerko, 
and of course, Matt Carpenter, who's fantastic. Uh, Yadier Molina, steady Eddie behind the plate. And to me, the big question is, uh, how? what sort of evolution do we see from this outfield? Uh, Dexter Fowler should be good. Uh, but can Steven Piscotty be the guy who takes a step forward? And especially can Randall Grichik be that guy, somebody who's got all the potential in the world, just hasn't put it together. And, uh, you know, at 25 years old, we're getting to the point where it's time. Yeah, clearly a team that uh, I think there's a little bit of wiggle room, no doubt about it, with their win total at 83 and a half. Uh, of course, you'd love to have seen this staff operating at least close to full capacity had Alex Reyes not been sidelined and yeah. shelved with the unfortunate injury, one of their top prospects. When we look at the bottom three teams, the Pirates, Brewers, and Reds, no reason to go into great detail on any of that trio, but is there anything for those teams that we should really keep our eye on this season? I like the Pirates on the over. Uh, not by much. I think they're at 82 and a half right now. I have them at 84 wins. Uh, I just think their everyday lineup is going to be better than people expect. Uh, their bullpen is sneaky good, and I'm a big Tyler Glasnow guy, and when you have him there with Jameson Tyon and Garrett Cole, that may be the best young trio of pitchers in the big leagues. Payne, as far as win totals from the professionals involving National League Central teams, uh, anything jump off the page of you? Yeah, we saw the Reds. Uh, that got hit under. And in agreement with Jeff, you know, there has been some over money on the Pirates this year. And, and that staff is a big reason why, when you can shed yourself of Nice and Vogelsong, uh, positive things in your future. <laughs> it's it's always good to eliminate uh aging veterans that aren't better than a five era for guys that do have high upside as you guys mentioned with some of the younger arms um, national league east the nationals in that familiar role as favorites as two to three chalk their win total set at 91 and a half the mets check in behind them at a shade less than plus a dollar 75 their win total 88 the marlins 16 to 1 76 and a half their number Braves 20 to 1 at 74 and a half and the Phillies picking up the rear at 33 to 1 72 and a half. Uh, I guess Jeff the first thing the Nationals fans have to be asking is we've seen this regular season dance. We know what this roster is capable of from pitching to offensive productivity, but is Dusty Baker finally going to get us where we want to go and that's into a World Series? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got them. I, I think the the over under is right online. I've got them at ninety one. Uh, I worry about their bullpen. I I'm sorry. It's not just that. Listen, I'm not like a established veteran closer guy. Uh, I just don't know that they have somebody uh, whom I would trust the ninth inning to on that team. And I don't think trading for David Robertson is going to help. There's just there's a certain type of guy uh who's either been there and done it or is like edwin diaz with the mariners and comes up and is throwing gas at 99 with a nasty slider uh and and when you're lacking that ninth inning those can be gut punches the nats saw that with jonathan papelbon in there and they did not address that this offseason and i think that was a mistake of theirs uh i've got the i what's the what's the number on the mets mets number right now is 88 okay i've got them at 85 and I can totally see why they would be at 88. The only reason I have them at 85 is because I – listen, I spent four years writing a book about the pitching arm. And almost every one of the pitchers, aside from Noah Syndergaard on the Nats, has ha – excuse me, on the Mets, has had uh, elbow surgery. I don't trust them to stay healthy. And I know they've got rotation depth. You know, we saw it last year with Seth Lugo and Robert Gesellman stepping up. And scouts love Gesellman. They think he's going to be – uh, you know, if not uh, uh, Harvey Syndergaard, 
uh, DeGrom type, at least a good number three or four starter. That being said, I just don't trust them to stay healthy, and I don't trust their offense either. When we look at the teams kind of picking up the rear in this division, what do we make of the Braves and their kind of, hey, we're not going to completely tank. We're going to take on some aging veterans so we at least have some semblance of a product to bring in a new stadium. And then I guess a team like the Phillies, who more, if you believe some of the sabermetrics and some of the peripherals, really overachieved a season ago. And that's a win total of 72.5 that I actually like quite a bit under its current number. Oh yeah, I'm huge under on the Phillies. I've got the Phillies six. I've got the Phillies at 65. I've got the Braves at 71. I think they're both unders. Uh, I, I I honestly don't like what the Braves have done at all. And, and I don't think throwing the expectations out there that they're going to be any good is fair or reasonable because I don't think they're going to be any good. The the you know the Braves to me, uh, there's a lot more hype there than there is substance. And I think that's the case uh, with their with their farm system as well. To be honest, uh, don't get me wrong. There there are some good uh, some good prospects there. Uh, I just don't think that they are the best farm system in baseball. Like they've been crowned uh, by a couple of places. I don't think there are enough high end guys there. Dansby Swanson has a chance to be really good, and uh, that's listen. That's going to help. But uh, there are a lot of guys. Uh, in that organization who I think the hype exceeds reality. And, uh, I mean, I think that, you know, unless they have a chance to fleece the Arizona Diamondbacks annually, it'll make it tough for them to try and keep uh, (laughs) top-tier prospects and elite-level talent uh, on the dirt cheap. Uh, Amazing to think that that might have been a trade, if you look back on it, that would have been revoked in a lot of fantasy leagues dealing Shelby Miller for Dansby Swanson, Ender, and Ciarte, and other very relevant pieces. To the final division, and I think what should be the most intriguing race, at least atop the division, when we look at the National League West, where the Dodgers, in my opinion, slightly heavy favorites given some reservations that I have about their pitching staff. Uh, that number has been bet up from as low as minus $1.75, minus $1.85, north of $2. Their win total sits at 94.5. The Giants' win total at 88.5, uh, they're at 2-1. to one. The Rockies becoming the very trendy team, so to speak, to take the next step in the revolution. The Diamondbacks, I'm not quite sure anybody knows what to expect from them. And, of course, the dregs of the entire division, the much maligned San Diego Padres. What are the Diamondbacks at right now? Diamondbacks win total 77.5. They're 18-1 to 1 at Bet Online to win the division. And if you really believe in miracles, close to 100-1 to 1 to take home the whole Megillah. Uh, I'm over on them. And I think they have, I think they are the, you know, people look at the Rockies and say they're the, I think the Diamondbacks are the sneaky get rich bet in baseball right now. I'm not saying that they're going to, but let's look at what they do have. Uh, Zach Ranke's velocity scares the crap out of me at this point. So that's a, you know, that's, that's not a good way to start off the conversation, but uh, Robbie Ray uh, is going to take a big step forward this year. Taiwan Walker has looked uh, great in spring training, and they got him for Gene Segura, and I think that's a trade that everybody across the board uh, looked at as as a potential uh, blockbuster. Uh, Shelby Miller's looked better. Patrick Corbin finally looking like he's coming back from his Tommy John surgery. So you've got a really good rotation potentially. Then you've got A.J. Pollock, who's a star in center field. David Peralta, who certainly can't be as bad as he was uh, last year in right 
Jake Lamb, I think, takes another step forward this year. Paul Goldschmidt at first base. Uh, a, a panoply of guys in the middle infield who they'll figure out. Uh, you know, Chris Ionetta and Jeff Mathis are just strong behind the plate. Uh, the big question about them is their bullpen. Uh, Fernando Rodney as closer. <laughs> yee, yee. You know, I, I think a, a sneaky guy is Tom Wilhelmson, who uh, in the past has closed, has looked really, really good this spring. Uh, they brought him in on a minor league deal. Their bullpen's going to be their weakness. There's no question about that. But uh, we've seen decent bullpens cobbled together from uh, worse pieces than what the Diamondbacks have. And so to me, uh, I think – I don't know if they're the team for now, but uh, I think in the future uh, they're they're run right now by Mike Hazen and uh, Jared Porter and Amiel Sade, uh, three guys who came from the – Red Sox, uh, Cubs, Theo Epstein, Pipeline, and uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to be writing about them actually uh, once I get off the phone with you guys here. I think there's a lot going for the Diamondbacks right now. When we look at the Rockies, do you believe this hype uh, that we suspect Colorado to be suddenly this great, ba- great baseball team, a 500 baseball team based on their offense, even though they were barely a 500 team playing in their own building with the laundry list of big hitters that they have in their lineup? Yeah, I mean, it hurts losing Ian Desmond, uh, but, man, they have a lot of depth. If you just look at the outfield right now, they, you know, David Dahl going to start the season uh, out because uh, of a rib injury, but they still have Gerardo Parra, Parra, Charlie Blackman, and Carlos Gonzalez there. I mean, that's a good outfield. Uh, LeMahieu. Uh, could win a batting title. Trevor Story uh, and Nolan Arenado might be the uh, best hitting left side of an infield in baseball. Uh, you know, losing Chad Bettis uh, to testicular cancer for the meantime or for the time being hurts. Uh, and and I'm not I'm not I'm having trouble getting super bullish with a rotation. Uh, that's topped by Tyler Chatwood and John Gray and, and Tyler Anderson and a bunch of question marks after that. Uh, that being said, uh, their bullpen has a chance to be really good. And uh, that can that can throw away a lot of woes. Uh, I have them at 500 on the dot. Uh, I, you know, until I see more pitching, I, I'm just not going to be fully bought in. But as it stands right now, they're they're going to be an okay team. And the last thing, I guess, in the National League West, are you in the Dodgers camp that they win in yet another division title, or do we think this is the year that the Giants are able to get the best of uh, their in-state rivals to the South? I am in the Dodgers camp. I'm under on both of them. I think 94 is way strong on the Dodgers. And I know, you know, I know Picotto thinks the Dodgers are going to be better than the Cubs. So uh, I, I just think there are too many question marks with the Dodgers right now in their rotation. Uh, and you're going to get a nice bump from Julio Urias midseason. Uh, but between the rotation and the, the bullpen, I just don't know a lot of what I'm getting from them. And uh, their lineup, frankly, is not good enough uh, to erase those questions. So I think they're a 90-something win team. Uh, I just think 94 is strong. Plenty of opportunity to go under that win total. And Jeff, can't thank you enough for jumping on with us here on Bet the Board to break down a lot of the baseball stuff that can sometimes be a foreign language to betters that spend 365 days a year focused on football. So we'll keep an eye out for your columns throughout the season. Uh, our listeners can follow Jeff on Twitter, at Jeff Passan. Uh, and again, can't thank you enough for jumping on with us to share your perspective on the upcoming Major League Baseball season. 
Pleasure's all mine, boys. Thanks for having me. A ton of information there from Jeff Pass, and no, we breezed through a few division pains, so I wanted to go back and discuss, but before we do, some great stuff from Dave Mason. Shot us a note. Top three bet counts for the World Series. And you want to throw out a guess? Red Sox. Okay, that's one. For it's not a trick Series. question. Man, it's not a trick it question. Can't be the Yankees. No, not the Yankees. Yeah. Um, Cubs. That's two. Dodgers. Uh, close, but Cleveland Indians. Indians. So, wow. yeah, I'm not as though, low on them as most people are. As low on the Indians or as well, high on the Indians? I will say this. Well, I, I think my world's a little different. I have seen nothing but like Tonka truck type money on the under ninety three and a half wins. It's really oh, like, so that's yeah. So you're not as high on the Indians as what you're saying as everybody else. No, no, I don't agree with the sharp money. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. So like my world, like I don't really, I don't know what the outside world's doing. I, I think they're high on the Indians, so I guess I'm with them. But you know, my world, everyone is betting under ninety three and a half wins. But I looked at things a little differently. Like they won hundred and four games a season ago, had a three one lead in the World Series. They didn't like outperform any of those those metrics that we've laughed about uh, at the beginning of this podcast. Like the peripherals literally had them a hundred and one win ball club. I think they're a little bit hungrier. Uh, their starting staff dealt with injury. You get Andrew Miller for a full season. I don't love Encarnacion, but he's probably an upgrade over Napoli. Uh, their catchers hit a combined 185 a season ago. Uh, they had Juan Uribe that had like 260 plate appearances. And then there's a guy named Michael Brantley who literally got on base 39% in 2014 and 38% in 15, and he got 39 at-bats last year. Um, so I just don't see them regressing and then you look at the overall landscape of the central like garbage who's, who's garbage there? the central's garbage I, so i'm not running to go under like every single like sharp guy that i respect I, i'm staying off that one yeah I, i'm of a similar mindset you look at what they were able to accomplish losing carrasco for extended stretches danny salazar the enigma is that he is you can't argue with the talent you mentioned incarnacion definitely gives him some more pop i'm a little bit worried about them defensively and when you take carlos santana out of the dh spot to get incarnacion as at bats move him to first base i think it changes things a little bit but brantley the guy that nobody's talking about and you hit on it the catcher position if Jan gomes can stay healthy i mean this offense can absolutely mash against a division that really can't match them bat for for bat or arm for arm top three exposures for bet online as far as world series bets these are always fun to look at do you want to venture some guesses here they're not the same oh they're no. probably long shots it, oh lo- two long shots that i think have as much chance of winning the world series as you myself and 23 other bet the board listeners <laughs> the rockies feel trendy rockies would be a good guess but they did not make the list think a lower win total than the rockies no. no yeah, I'm, well, I'm going Braves and Reds, baby. Braves and Reds creating all sorts of book exposure. I don't think they're going to have to worry about that. money to charity, guys. <laughs> well, there is one that creates a little bit of exposure, and if their pitching staff stays healthy, they can be relevant in the form of the New York Metropolitans. Okay. But as we record this with the season looming, Stephen Matz shut down for three weeks, and I think it just speaks to what Jeff Passan was talking about a lot of concerns about the arms in the Mets rotation. If those guys go down, I don't think they have an offense capable of carrying them. And when we look at some of these win totals, Payne, 97% of the bets coming in on the Royals over. So they must have gotten today's news in advance, knowing that we talked about them a little bit. 80% of the bets on the Yankees over 82 and a half. And one that may be a little bit disconcerting that we'll get to in a moment. I don't want to tip our hand. 79% of the bets on this particular team going over the number. Ooh. 
I don't know if I like it that much anymore. Eh, it's a win. It's a win total. It's not always the most efficient market, so we can uh, we have a little bit of wiggle room there. But I know when we went through a lot of those teams, was there anybody that you wanted to do a slightly deeper dive into that we didn't cover in great detail yet? Um, I don't know. I mean, the Orioles are a sore subject. I don't really want to touch them. <laughs> uh, and I actually, I, you know. Watching the World Baseball Classic and seeing Adam Jones, you kind of get the vibe of, of why they're good. Like, that's a good clubhouse. Uh, Buck Walter got a bunch of poo smeared on him after, you know, some decisions in the playoffs last year. But he's a fantastic... Hey, Zach, Brit- Zach Britton's going to be well-rested for the Orioles' home opener. He'll he's be well-rested. A, he's a fantastic manager. He, he's good for stealing a few wins, minimum, um, especially with that bullpen. The, to me, you know, they have a couple of the young arms. They're not very good defensively, even with Adam Jones. Uh, but they really got a, a shot in the arm with Ibaldo Jimenez last year. Like, I don't know if he's going to match that Herculean second-half effort. Uh, that's going to be the question there. I would love to make a case to be contrarian and fade the Red Sox. I just uh, I don't see it. I don't think the drop of Poppy is going to be that significant when you factor in how far ahead of the American League they were offensively. So if you drop, I think they scored 12% more runs than the rest of uh, the next closest team in the American League. So, what do you if if you go to five percent, but you add Chris Sale, like you know, I don't know the huge drop off there. Um, I know you had some issues with the the Cy Young winner of last year, but I think Priscilla's well, metrics his, his metrics. I, I think like when we look at last year, he's clearly not the Cy Young, absolutely not. But I think Correct. a lot of people got accustomed to what he did in Detroit, and you're playing in a backyard, and you have the worst defense in all of Major League Baseball. And so I think that attributed to a lot of his lackluster performance there. I would agree. I mean, I just think Porcello wasn't as good as the numbers indicate. To say he's not going to be a good pitcher, I don't want to be misconstrued that way. I do agree with what Jeff said about him being a very good third starter, most likely behind Price and Sale. Is he going to be the number two? Well, that's the $100 million question. That's the worst contract in baseball. I mean, I said it before, and Red Sox fans jumped down my throat. I said, you better win a World Series in the first two years you guys have him because the amount of wear and tear he's put on that arm and for a fastball guy I said good luck when you're paying off the tail end of that deal it's not quite Bobby Bonilla-esque where you're going to pay him out till 21-26 or whatever the hell the Mets have to do to his 17th generation but this is a guy that's built on power who I don't think can change his style which leads me to another is, pitcher is, is who- he similar to, is is he similar to Strasburg does he not have it like both those guys continually like shit themselves in big games it's there's something to be said about their ability and I guess you know up until last year we could say something similar and you hate to say it about the best pitcher in the game Clayton Kershaw really hasn't been the same guy in the postseason that we've seen during the regular season uh, albeit that the Cardinals have been that one team to have his number but it's always interesting to watch that bulldog mentality and it makes you really appreciate what a guy like Madison Bumgarner brings to the mound every time the Giants have been in a meaningful postseason game yeah there's no doubt about it I, I, I like pitchers you know the power stuff eventually wears off there is a a value to being the the air quotes pitcher um because your skills will diminish over time so I, the price thing oof, i just i don't see it so yeah unless you're bartolo cologne and then you continue to produce career high bests in metrics when you're approaching 45 and nearly 400 pounds so he he truly is the ageless wonder one thing i want to say and i didn't get a chance to get into with jeff and wanted to go a little more back and forth but we had so much ground to cover 
I'm of a different mindset on Felix Hernandez. I think a lot of his ailments last year, and we saw the drop in velocity, can be attributed to the lingering lower body injuries. Because if you don't get that push off the mound, especially as your shoulder starts to go, you can't compensate for it. From what I saw in the World Baseball Classic, and you mentioned it before we jumped on the podcast, how good he's been this spring, uh, I think we could get a renaissance for Felix. I don't quite think he's at the end of the road when we saw guys like Roy Halladay kind of fall off a cliff. I would agree. I think, you know, not just the WBC, but, you know, the spring efforts he's put forth. Uh, the velocity was a little higher than, uh, than what it was last year. I think he's the type of guy. He, he hears all the doubters. Um, and so all the, the combinations of those things, I think he'll be back a little bit. Now, the rest of the pitching staff, you know, that's, that's the question with the Mariners. I really want to like them. And, you know, you, you do get a little more offensive pop with Segura at shortstop. But Taiwan Walker, I think, was about to make that move. And so last year was supposed to be the year early on. He showed some of those flashes. But if you've done any research, like he's posting pictures on Instagram, he had like 10 bone spurs in his push-off foot. And so that's why he really regressed late in the year. And so I would have liked to have kept him for... You know, Seguera, I think he probably would have been a very good pitcher. We see what he's doing in spring. So I think that's going to be a loss. Gallardo coming in, like, you know, maybe the, the ballpark. Dumpster fire. Helps him. Dumpster fire. Maybe, Dumpster fire. Maybe the ballpark helps him. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna give up some runs this year. And Felix is going to have to go back to being the king for sure. And I think it puts a lot of pressure on a Mariners offense where you got Robinson Cano, I think, with 39 home runs a season ago, which was more than what he had accrued over his first two seasons in Seattle. Kyle Seeger's still in the prime of his career, so I think he's capable of duplicating it. But how much longer can the ageless wonder Nelson Cruz continue to produce at the high level we've seen? Ultimately, father time remains undefeated, even for some of the Latin-born ballplayers. And you just wonder if he's flirting you know, on, you know, with disaster somewhere along the way. Yeah, no question. I mean, the offense is going to have to do the heavy lifting for that team. It's why I wasn't as high on them as, as some of the metrics guys. So I really wanted to make a case for going over. Just couldn't do it. And I will say one thing. I know we don't give out futures or really long shots. I think the only one division-wise that kind of jumps off for me maybe worth a small investment. Uh, I could see the Giants and Dodgers. I, I don't think that the Giants are a better baseball team by any stretch of the imagination, but when you look at that disparity of price, one team laying $2, the other team taking plus $2, how quickly we forget that the Giants were running away with things early on in the year. And maybe they regressed over the second half, but I think the Giants can return to that. Uh, as you said, they just win games. And you actually have a team that you think might be worth a small investment if you think one of the big boys struggles at all this season. Yeah, I mean, I just thought that win total in the Giants, 87.5, was kind of a slap in the face. I mean, they just win every single season. Um, there's a great core of guys, you know, to me. They just, they love the game. Like, it's just the intangibles there for the Giants. Um, when you talk about the NL West, you know, talking about Tawan Walker, maybe Grenke regains some form. I think, you know, the, the Diamondbacks number there at 77.5 was a little short. Um, when you talk about the NL West. So I think that makes sense. I'm not as high uh, on the Rockies as many are. Now, finally, they've gotten some pitchers that kind of mesh with their park. I know a lot of people you know, think the offense is very dynamic. And I, Ride the gray train, baby. Ride the gray train. I don't, I don't think it's that dynamic. Like when you really look at their splits, I mean, they're 22nd last year in runs scored on the road. I really believe that park is a byproduct of a lot of their offense. I don't think they're that dynamic offensively. Um, and that's a relative term. Obviously, they're not schlubs, but uh, I just don't they're see They're not the San Diego so, Padres. 
you are correct. They're not the San Diego Padres. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, when we look at some win totals, I don't know where we want to transition to next, but uh, I think we do like two in the East. Uh, two in the National League, and that's what I was trying okay. to get. I mean, one, in the one of the okay. yeah, one of the teams resides in the National League Central, and you thought if things yeah. broke the right way, that maybe their price it might be worth a small nibble uh, for them to win the division if we think the top dog comes back to the field a little bit. Yeah, these are always tough because you know you don't want a team that eclipses their win total and then falls a game short of the division. But at seven to one, the Cardinals are going to really give the Cubs a run for their money. I think Walker rebounds. Um, I think Wainwright rebounds a little bit. It's really one of the sneakiest offenses in baseball. And if you can win on the road, you can score runs on the road, it really tells me a lot about the makeup of your ball club. So last year they scored 69 more runs on the road than they did at home. Uh, So no real trail off there like the Rockies. So for me, I I, I like going over 83 wins. 79. 79% 79% of the bets, and that was yeah. the one I kind of teased a little bit, 79% of the bets coming in on the Cardinals. But with baseball, it's a little bit different. You see the same teams typically betting, getting bet over every single year, and we know how passionate Cardinal fans are about their ball club. Yeah, I, I, and I agree with them. I, I would go over 83 and, and maybe like, you know, a little a little touch um, if you can find 7-1 to one or better to win the division there. And when we look at the National League East, I think we're all in agreement, including Jeff, uh, who said this team could very well be a dumpster fire. The Philadelphia Phillies, their win total, let's call it 73 right now at Bet Online. I love the top two guys they have in their rotation, and Aaron Nola and Vicente and Velasquez. That's my Problem guy. being is those guys can't pitch uh, every single day. I, I, pulled, and, I pulled Velasquez out of the. That was my guy. You did. You pulled him out of the scrap heap a couple of years ago when he was with the Astros. I'm going, Payne, I need somebody on the waiver wire to try and get me over the hump from a fantasy perspective. And uh, and he was the guy. I'll, I'll be at, you know, hearing us talk about Taiwan Walker. I'm a little regretful I didn't keep him now trying to build my staff around Clayton Kershaw. That's and a Chris tough ballpark Archer. to be a good pitcher, but, though. True, true. There's definitely going to be some uh, games where you can't use them, especially those trips to Coors. But the Phillies, uh, I think this is a team who well exceeded expectations a year ago. I think this number at 73, you'll have ample opportunity. You look at the back of that rotation, going to be a real problem. And offensively, uh, there aren't a whole lot of guys that really do it for me. I do like their center fielder, Odubel Herrera, but he's not a power hitter. Mikel Franco is nice. Uh, I just think that the Phillies could be in for a long season. The biggest question I have for you, Payne, when we look at the rest of that division, knowing you play 18 games against everybody there, uh, I think they got their work cut off for them against the Braves, Mets, Marlins, and Nationals this year. Love Herrera. Like, that was one of my favorite players to watch last year. Um, I'm not sure he's a guy that you can, you know, build around, but they do have two nice pieces, but nobody that's fantastic that, like, you know, just blows your balls off. But I will say this, a lot of those metrics that we look at, you know, they overshot the Pythag by nine games last year. Uh, they won every single close game. They're 14-4 and four in one-run games through the month of May and 20-8 and eight the first half of the season in one-run ball games. Like, you just can't sustain that. Um, and for points you mentioned, like, they didn't score enough runs on the road. The pitching staff doesn't have much behind it. Velasquez, the big question there is, can he be a little more efficient? We know the stuff is absolutely top shelf, but he throws 4.23 innings. He throws five innings, and it's not a great bullpen. And so, you know, if he does get you a scoreless four or five, like now you're relying on that bullpen. So I just, for me, it's it's a dead shot under here at 73. 
think those are uh, two investments worth making. And as you said at the top of the show, they'll keep you engaged for 162 games. One thing that I wanted to mention then completely slipped my mind until now. Please, if you're betting win totals, whether they're at Bet Online, a book of your choosing, or out here in the state of Nevada, please, and I can't emphasize this enough, read those stipulations whether it's 160 games for you to have action or you need a full schedule of 162 there's no worse feeling if you've gone over a number and you lose by half a game because they haven't played the full amount so please check all of that writing uh, to make sure you protect yourself it's hard enough to find winners as is even more so difficult than when you're self-handicapping yourself yeah it's good good little tip for sure good little tip all right, that's Major League Baseball, huh? I think I think we did all right, and for Wrap folks, you, well, you just yeah, you just, I mean, we just hand it off to the bell cow and Jeff Passon and let him go. That's the name of the game. You find people that are smarter than you to make you look that much better. So, I mean, that's what I do with you during football season. That's what we did with Jeff here. That's what we did throughout the course of the NCAA tournament with guys like Gary Parrish and Doug Gottlieb. We're starting to develop a trend here on Bet the Board. Uh, and for folks who are not following the podcast Twitter account, not sure why they wouldn't be, at Bet the Board Pod. The website, as always, bettheboardpodcast.com. You can follow Payne on Twitter, at Payne Insider. You can follow me there as well, at Todd Furman. And more importantly, Buy a t-shirt. It's almost summertime. I don't want to hear anybody from winter climate. Still limited inventories remain. Pick one of those up. The big, shirt this, to- the big shirt this week. I mean, how valuable did that come, become? The Vegas just win t-shirt with the Raiders relocating. Like, that's a I mean, must-have for any Raiders fan. Um, anybody that's thinking about purchasing season tickets, that's in Vegas. Like, that's a, a perfect vi- shirt. A visionary, and now, you know, hopefully the shirts along with first half unders, our logo tees. You know, boring is bankable might be something that we start to see on the second generation bet the board swag kit. I, I, I like that boring is bankable. I just think there's only like nine and a half people watching baseball still, so I don't know how well those will sell. Well, that sells just as well for first half unders in football, last I checked. Yeah, yeah, that may work. That yeah, may I mean, work. Can, maybe onto something here. Get the ball to 35, punt the ball, and play field position for the better part of 30 minutes. But I digress. Masters podcast next week. Date still to be determined. Even more reason to follow the Bet the Board Twitter account. We'll have those details. Hopefully get you ready for your pools. Maybe offer you a few long shots uh, with some golf insiders as well. But for Paint Insider, I'm Todd Furman. Bet the Board podcast MLB preview. A special thanks to Jeff Passan. Again, follow him there on Twitter at Jeff Passan. And of course, Dave Mason, who couldn't join us today at Dave Mason BOL. Best of luck. All summer long and hopefully we'll see you at the window come october some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with allstate not one based on carol she's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her why pay a rate based on anyone else get one based on you with drivewise from allstate not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all state to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.